Section 9 of the Story of Aristotle's Philosophy by Will Durant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 8 Politics, Part 2. Number 2 Marriage and Education. Woman is to man as the slave to the master, the manual to the mental worker, the barbarian to the Greek woman is an unfinished man left standing on a lower step in the scale of development the male is by nature superior and the female inferior the one rules the other is ruled and this principle extends of necessity to all mankind woman is weak of will and therefore incapable of independence of character or position her best condition is a quiet home life in which while ruled by the man in her external relations she may be in domestic affairs supreme women should not be made more like men as in plato's republic rather the dissimilarity should be increased nothing is so attractive as the different the courage of a man and that of a woman are not as socrates supposed the same the courage of a man is shown in commanding that of a woman in obeying as the poet says, silence is a woman's glory. Aristotle seems to suspect that this ideal enslavement of woman is a rare achievement for man, and that as often as not the sceptre is with the tongue rather than with the arm. As if to give the male an indispensable advantage, he advises him to defer marriage till the vicinity of thirty-seven, and then to marry a lass of some twenty years, a girl who is rounding the twenties is usually the equal of a man of thirty but may perhaps be managed by a seasoned warrior of thirty-seven what attracts aristotle to this matrimonial mathematics is the consideration that two such disparate persons will lose their reproductive power and passions at approximately the same time if the man is still able to beget children while the woman is unable to bear them or vice versa quarrels and differences will arise since the time of generation is commonly limited within the age of seventy years to the man and fifty in the woman the commencement of their union should conform to these periods the union of male and female when too young is bad for the creation of children in all animals the offspring of the young are small and ill-developed and generally female health is more important than love further it conduces to temperance not to marry too soon for women who marry early are apt to be wanton and in men too the bodily frame is stunted if they marry while they are growing these matters should not be left to youthful caprice they should be under state supervision and control the state should determine the minimum and maximum ages of marriages for each sex the best seasons for conception and the rate of increase in population if the natural rate of increase is too high the cruel practice of infanticide may be replaced by abortion and let abortion be procured before sense and life have begun there is an ideal number of population for every state varying with its position and resources a state when composed of too few is not as a state should be self-sufficing while if it has too many it becomes a nation and not a state and is almost incapable of constitutional government or of ethnic or political unity 
probably anything in excess of a population of ten thousand is undesirable education too should be in the hands of the state that which most contributes to the permanence of constitutions is the adaptation of education to the form of government the citizen should be moulded to the form of government under which he lives by state control of schools we might divert men from industry and trade to agriculture and we may train men while keeping property private to open their possessions to discriminately common use among good men with respect to the use of property the proverb will hold that friends should have all things in common but above all the growing citizen must be taught obedience to law else a state is impossible it has been well said that he who has never learned to obey cannot be a good commander the good citizen should be capable of both and only a state system of schools can achieve social unity amid ethnic heterogeneity the state is a plurality which must be made into a unity and a community by education let youth be taught too the great boon it has in the state the unappreciated security which comes of social organization the freedom that comes of law man when perfected is the best of animals but when isolated he is the worst of all for injustice is more dangerous when armed and man is equipped at birth with the weapon of intelligence and with qualities of character which he may use for the vilest ends wherefore if he have not virtue he is the most unholy and savage of animals full of gluttony and lust and only social control can give him virtue through speech man evolved society through society intelligence through intelligence order and through order civilization in such an ordered state the individual has a thousand opportunities and avenues of development open to him which a solitary life will never give to live alone then one must be either an animal or a god hence revolution is almost always unwise it may achieve some good but at the cost of many evils the chief of which is the disturbance and perhaps the dissolution of that social order and structure on which every political good depends the direct consequences of revolutionary innovations may be calculable and salutary but the indirect are generally incalculable and not seldom disastrous they who take only a few points into account find it easy to pronounce judgment and a man can make up his mind quickly if he has only a little to make up young men are easily deceived for they are quick to hope the suppression of long-established habits brings the overthrow of innovating government because the old habits persist among the people characters are not as easily changed as laws if a constitution is to be permanent all the parts of a society must desire it to be maintained therefore a ruler who would avoid revolution should prevent extremes of poverty and wealth a condition which is most often the result of war he should like the english encourage colonization as an outlet for a dangerously congested population and he should foster and practice religion an autocratic ruler particularly should appear to be earnest in the worship of the gods for if men think that a ruler is religious and reveres the gods 
they are less afraid of suffering injustice at his hands and are less disposed to conspire against him since they believe that the gods themselves are fighting on his side three democracy and aristocracy with such safeguards in religion in education and in the ordering of family life almost any of the traditional forms of government will serve all forms have good and bad commingled in them and are severally adapted to various conditions theoretically the ideal form of government would be the centralization of all political power in the one best man homer is right bad is the lordship of many let one be your ruler and master for such a man law would be rather an instrument than a limit for men of eminent ability there is no law they are themselves a law any one would be ridiculous who should attempt to make laws for them they would probably retort what in the fable of antisthenes the lions said to the hares when in the council of beasts the latter began haranguing and claiming equality for all where are your claws but in practice monarchy is usually the worst form of government for great strength and great virtue are not near allied hence the best practicable polity is aristocracy the rule of the informed and capable few government is too complex a thing to have its issues decided by number when lesser issues are reserved for knowledge and ability as the physician ought to be judged by the physician so ought men in general to be judged by their peers now does not this same principle apply to elections for a right election can only be made by those who have knowledge a geometrician for example will choose rightly in matters of geometry or a pilot in matters of navigation so that neither the election of magistrates nor the calling of them to account should be entrusted to the many the difficulty with hereditary aristocracy is that it has no permanent economic base the eternal recurrence of the nouveau riche puts political office sooner or later at the disposal of the highest bidder it is surely a bad thing that the greatest offices should be bought the law which permits this abuse makes wealth of more account than ability and the whole state becomes avaricious for whenever the chiefs of the state deem anything honourable the other citizens are sure to follow their example the prestige imitation of modern social psychology and where ability has not the first place there is no real aristocracy democracy is usually the result of a revolution against plutocracy love of gain in the ruling classes tends constantly to diminish their number marx's elimination of the middle class and so to strengthen the masses who in the end set upon their masters and establish democracies this rule by the poor has some advantages the people though individually may be worse judges than those who have special knowledge are collectively as good moreover there are some artists whose works are best judged not by themselves alone but by those who do not possess the art for example the user or master of a house will be a better judge of it than the builder and the guest will be a better judge of a feast than the cook and the many are more incorruptible than the few 
they are like the greater quantity of water which is less easily spoiled than a little the individual is liable to be overcome by anger or by some other passion and then his judgment is necessarily perverted but it is hardly to be supposed that a greater number of persons will all get into a passion and go wrong at the same moment yet democracy is on the whole inferior to aristocracy for it is based on a false assumption of equality it arises out of the notion that those who are equal in one respect for example in respect of the law are equal in all respects because men are equally free they claim to be absolutely equal the upshot is that ability is sacrificed to number while numbers are manipulated by trickery because the people are so easily misled and so fickle in their views the ballot should be limited to the intelligent what we need is a combination of aristocracy and democracy constitutional government offers this happy union it is not the best conceivable government that would be an aristocracy of education but it is the best possible state we must ask what is the best constitution for most states and the best life for most men neither assuming a standard of excellence which will be above ordinary persons nor an education exceptionally favoured by nature or circumstance nor yet an ideal state which will be only an inspiration but having in mind such a life as the majority will be able to share and a form of government to which states in general can attain it is necessary to begin by assuming a principle of general application namely that that part of the state which desires the continuance of the government must be stronger than that which does not and strength consists neither in number alone nor in property alone nor in military or political ability alone but in a combination of these so that regard has to be taken of freedom wealth culture and noble birth as well as of mere numerical superiority now where shall we find such an economic majority to support our constitutional government perhaps best in the middle class here again we have the golden mean just as constitutional government itself would be a mean between democracy and aristocracy our state will be sufficiently democratic if the road to every office is open to all and sufficiently aristocratic if the offices themselves are closed except to those who have travelled the road and arrived fully prepared from whatever angle we approach our eternal political problem we monotonously reach the same conclusion that the community should determine the ends to be pursued but that only experts should select and apply the means that choice should be democratically spread but that office should be rigidly reserved for the equipped and winnowed best End of section nine